listening to a message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to know more about Red or its ministries, please go to redchurch.org.au. Well, we have the pleasure today of being joined by Terry Walling. Terry, how are you going over there in California? We are going. Um, Everything's uh, opening up. It's a little bit better and yet no one really knows where it's going. So yeah, that's, that's the new normal and, and we're surviving. So it's good. And, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, we're moving into summer here. So now everybody's starting to push the envelope and, and make the rules themselves. Here we go. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, you know, these are all quite topical <laughs> things for what we're going to be Absolutely. talking about Absolutely. today. Um, so we're going to be talking specifically about transition, something that you speak about a lot in terms of leadership, but also just experiences for people of faith. So we are very uh, excited to hear you uh, engage with us on that. So Mark, do you want to set us up a little bit about the environment that we're in? Yeah. Well, we spoke to you, Terry, really as things were changing as we first went online and people found that really, really helpful. And I think what you helped us understand was how do we go through what was pretty dramatic. I mean, transition is a change. It was a huge change. We all were going through it. And we just thought it'd be really good to revisit um, with you. And I guess, you know, I guess get your take on where we are now. So when we spoke to you, Melbourne was entering into a lockdown, which we were in for a very long time. There was a uniformity of experience there. Uh, For us at church, we were doing digital church. Um, That's all we could do. And that was right. most of 2020. And um, But where we find ourselves now is we find ourselves in this different space. And, um, and I'd love mm-hmm. to hear your reflections on what it feels like mm-hmm. in California in terms of this. But we find ourselves in this weird in-between space. Oh, you know, I've called it a gray zone. It's this in-between world where you speak to one person, they're like, oh, wow, it's all sort of going away. Another person's like, man, it could come back. Um, you know, this talk of Australia being closed indefinitely. Uh, churches right. in this sort of limbo place and we're finding that you know in the past people were in one space at the beginning of the pandemic everyone was having the same experience but now people are seeing this really differently um, right. so I guess um, you know uh, f- how do we view what's happening and how can we learn from what you've learned about transition and how God works at a time like this well, one of the things that I think is is uh, true, and it, actually we don't like it, but it's true that we are actually following right in line with kind of how a transitions actually occur. So mm-hmm. transitions um, pretty much go down this pathway of we enter them, then all of a sudden we finally admit that it's happened, that something different is occurring. We seek And for us who are believers, we seek God and try to go after what he has, hoping that he'll give us an answer and then we can move on. But with the transition, we find out, no, we can't move on. Now there's more things to evaluate. So we evaluate them and we look at what God's trying to do and we surrender again. And and God actually continues to reveal and show us some stuff. And just about the time we're done, it goes back again to evaluation. Mm -hmm. So most of the time, if you think of a clock, most of the time isn't spent in the kind of from one, you know, uh, one o'clock till three o'clock. 
most of the time is spent actually from three o'clock all the way to nine o'clock in a rocking back and forth. Hmm. Now, um, that was the breakthrough insight we had with transitions that it, it's not a for transitions are not a formula. You can't figure these things out. They're all hmm. about alignment and they're all about joining him, not you controlling and telling him how you think it should be going. So what happens is about now, people are fed up and done. I don't want any more. Don't give me any more of this transition talk. It's And so what you're going to, what you find, and you find this spiritually, and the thing that's interesting to me is now I'm, we're seeing it culturally in the various cultures. Some yeah. people say it's done. Even though it's not done, it's done. And they willfully start declaring it's over. Mm-hmm. And not only is it over, I'm done. And so now I'm going to put a new lens on life and how it how it goes. And I don't really even care what everybody's saying. It's concluded. It's over. It's time. Open it all up. Do whatever. That's exactly what happens spiritually in a transition. And guess what? Mm-hmm. It's not done but people declare it to be done. Mm. There are other people who get stuck in the middle of this and say, I give up. It's never going to end. It's never going, uh, everything's doom and gloom. Mm. You know, it's, it's never going to ever correct itself and see, you can see parallels between the spiritual journey and the actual pandemic journey that we're in. Mm. And that happens to people who are trying to, understand their crossroads and where they're going in their life and everything, the next stage of the development. So all that to say, we are mimicking exactly what happens in a transition. And here's the point. Typically transitions do not come to an end when you want them to. They come to an end when they need need to come to an end. And you and I are not in control of that. The king is. And typically what happens is just about the time you're convinced it will never end, whammo, almost like a flywheel, the thing moves up to the fourth and final stage of a transition called direction. Mm. And so what I see is we're mimicking as cultures and as societies exactly what happens spiritually in our journey too. We want it to be over before God's ready for it to be over. Mm. Mm. Isn't that great news for everyone? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh, So how can we, so you've, you've talked a little bit about how, different people's responses to transition and obviously we are in a cultural transition which has probably been the catalyst for a lot of um individual yep transition totally yep one of the things that kicks us in yeah yeah how can we tell if we're fighting that um and exhibiting Mm. some of those nah it's over it's not happening anymore those types yeah. of responses. What what are other sort of trigger warnings that we're we're fighting a transition? Well, I, I think one of the things is th- you're fighting a transition when you choose to actually see it just the way you want to see it. Mm. Hmm. In other words, all of a sudden 
you realize I don't fully believe this, but I want to believe this. So now I'm going to act like this. And all of us know when there's incongruity inside of us, when all of a sudden we're, we're acting how we want it to be, not oftentimes how it really is. And you, we do that mm-hmm. in our walks with Jesus. You know, we, we want an answer. So I'm going to just act like I've got the answer, fake it, and let's see what happens kind of a deal. You can't fake it in a transition. And when it, what ends up happening too, Lady, I think is that, that mm-hmm. a lot of people, um, actually then start looking for other sources to validate their opinion. So if you're doing those two things, talking yourself into a belief and then trying to, in today's world, you can validate anything. So, yeah. and then I'm going to try to validate my opinion with sources I haven't normally looked at. Then, then all of a sudden, I think you got to go, whoa, whoa, slow down here. Yeah. What I want is driving us. Yeah. Can Mm. you give an example of that, of looking to other sources to validate um, what we believe? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do, I'm going to say it spiritually. So, you know, because it can be interpreted a lot of different ways, culture Mm -hmm. ways, the media and all that kind of stuff. But I, I just think that you have some trusted friends around you or you have some people who you really trust in the faith. And they're telling you something that in the end, you're tired of hearing. And, and, and you're not only so tired of hearing it, that you're starting to convince yourself that these people who, who I love and who I trust, these Mm. people typically um, may not be seeing all the facts. So all of a sudden you entertain another group of people who are saying something differently and you allocate um, kind of a belief system over there. And then what happens, that. then you start looking at the people you know, and now you start actually finding the things that were already there in terms of who they are, but now you're picking at them in order mm. to validate yourself. Mm. Honestly, sometimes this is not always, sometimes this is why people leave churches. Church isn't going yeah. the way I want it to go. So because it's not going the way I want it to go, I'm going to go find a place where it will. And they're sharing a message that's more in line. And to me, that's mm. tickling the ears. All you're doing is yeah. that's exactly what Paul warned us to get. That's way being tossed, waved back and forth kind of a deal. So one mm. of the things that I tell people is who's counsel, who's the counsel that you're turned to? Mm. How long have they been the counsel that you've, you're, you've gone to? And what is it that you don't want to hear that they're saying about the future? And let's process that. Why that is now the issue. Mm. And I do that in my coaching. I I want to know why, not only why you're changing, but why now all of a sudden these people that you trusted are no longer trustworthy. Mm. Bing, bing, bing. That puts up a red flag for me. We had some questions submitted um, and one of them was, we're emerging through much of the pandemic, but there's still significant changes in what our everyday life used to look like. We can't travel overseas. We can't book venues. Some things haven't reopened yet. How do we not sit in the frustration of just wanting to go back to things were and be know what posture to take in serving the church during this time? Mm. 
It's good. It's good. It's what we're all feeling. So it's really good. Yeah. New sacred rhythms. Mm. New sacred rhythms. So what do I mean by that is what got us here and, and the rhythms of your spiritual journey that got you here now are probably not the same rhythms to take you there. So what is it that you're actually in the midst of all of this frustration? What are some new sacred rhythms you can start working with that doesn't don't replace the travel? They don't replace all of the outward um, sense of just refreshment that those things bring because they're good and they're real. But in the midst of that, what are some new approaches I can take in my journey with God that I haven't taken before that actually can start stimulating a little bit more of an understanding of what God really uh, wants to do with me during that time. So that's one. And the second thing that I tell people, or we've, we've been involved in trying to help people is um, something that, that actually each one of us can do, but very few of us do. And that's understand that not only is this not going to kind of, come to an end shortly. But now what it really means is that I've got to renegotiate even at home, how home works and what it is and be willing to start looking at the rhythms of life at home too. Mm. Because I think sometimes we've been afraid to change those because then we're going to have to go back to a new way. Well, guess what? We need, we may not be going back to what we used to know. So what is it? What does it look like? An example, I was talking to a dad. What does it look like if all of a sudden he said, you know what, we're going to sh- we're going to sh- uh, shift this thing up a little bit. Instead of me always coming out with what we're going to do, we're going to call family council. We're going to do some things and, and solicit the opinion of, of all of the kids, even his kids were younger. We're going to we're going to build a family shield and talk about our values. We're going to we're going to do some things we haven't done before and actually start saying this is kind of a new way we're going to do things. And maybe we're going to do these forever. But we shift mm-hmm. the rhythms at home as well as shift the rhythms with God. Mm. For people who are not good at change, Terry. Um, and you know, there's a lot of people who, I guess, I can't believe that. that. One, one. <laughs> you mean there's some people not good at change? Come on, man. I know. Oh, they don't like it. And, and one of the things we do here, you know, a lot from people is like, oh, we 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 want to come back and we want to reengage. Yeah. But um, when it feels more normal, mm. um, I'd just be fascinated for your yeah, just speaking to that. Mm. Well, it's not. <laughs> How about that for an answer? <laughs> So if you wait on it feeling more normal, it's not going to feel more normal. Mm. It's already changed. People Mm. keep talking about, well, you know, when we get done with the change, it's already changed. Mm. Life as we know it has changed. Life as it's lived has changed. You can't wait for it to be normal again because it's not going to be normal again. Mm. That's a hard truth to hear Mm. because we anchor our security on norms. Yeah. Mm. 
but the norms have changed. Mm. So we've got to reestablish and, and not wait for something, but actually start following the shepherd to the new thing mm. and allow ourselves to be pliable, even though that's really hard. And mm -hmm. part of the people who don't like change basically want to hunker down. Yeah. If you hunker down, you're going to lose some opportunity to train yourself to hear the shepherd's voice because he's taking us to a new place. Mm. If you hunker down, that's the beginning of plateau and arrested development. And even doing the one thing you said you'd never be a religious person. Because mm. now you're putting your confidence in the form, not the function. Mm -hmm. mm. That's hard word, but that's kind of where we are. It has changed. Mm. It's not clear all of what the new will be, but we've changed. Mm. You know, they say after a hundred days of behaving differently, behavior now has changed a hundred days. I think we've been in this a little longer than a hundred days. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, just on that, you um, you mentioned that at one thing that we can learn out of transitions or take out of transitions is is learning to hear the voice of the shepherd. Yeah. What voice else recognition, can we yeah. get out of um, get out of transitions, or can we can we seek to make the most out of a transition? Yeah. Well, the phrase is get all you can out of a transition because it, mm. it, they do come to an end and this this will come to an end. And one of the things that I, I said is voice recognition. So how is mm. it that you have heard his voice in the past and start asking your question, how do I know when I hear his voice? Mm. And this would be a, a powerful group discussion. This would be a powerful family discussion. How is it that we know and then how is it that we can better train ourselves to hear his voice and recognize when he's talking and recognize when he's moving and know that together it's him. So there's kind of that, the confirmation part where we confirm it together. You know, it's almost mm -hmm. like the, the Quakers where they had that session where we all must confirm it together. It doesn't mean everybody's got to agree on all the implications of it, but we affirm the word of God together now, as opposed to the rugged individualism of the West that says, mm -hmm. I only, it's only me and him. No, mm -hmm. it's us now. It's that yeah. collaborative ability to hear his voice and follow him is, is a key to voice recognition. So, you know, I think you're hearing across, across the uh, U.S., we're hearing things called microgroups. So microgroup is a two to three versus a four to eight. You guys probably have them there too. But how you get into a, a triad and together, that's the perfect group to begin to actually work on affirming and hearing the voice of God together. And a lot of times it's not in the voice. It's the sense of what God's doing that you hear mm. his voice. Mm. Yeah, that's great. How do you do that, Terry, um, when there can be a temptation to hear each other's voices, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. in a moment like this when we want to hear the voice of 
uh, reassurance. Um, you know, if you've got a couple of people in that triad or that that micro group who are huddle. we have we call them huddles um, yep. that you know perhaps feeling nostalgic or you know want to go back or uh, yeah how, how do you listen I mean just just to add one thing like I, what I'm noticing too is I felt like there's a bunch of people who who got used to the change that happened at the beginning yep. of 2020 but in a sense now are still in 2020 yeah <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean so there's this thing moving. we can yep. you know we can, yeah 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 well that's why I think that it can't just stay in in the in that group. It's actually that group's mm. got to join together mm. with the whole collective voice. Mm. And then they've got to say, you know, are we, are we resonating with that or is there dissonance with what we're hearing? Why is it? How do we keep mm. ourselves in some sense in sync with what the spirit is saying to all of us? So mm. I think it's, it's sometimes dangerous because threes, Oftentimes are three people who think alike, operate alike, do alike, and that's why they like. Mm. They like being mm. with each other. So bottom line is I'm not actually only hearing his voice there. I just think the practice of actually saying, I know what we all want. Let's suspend that for a second. And let's actually, what, what are we sensing and hearing God actually truly say to others mm. even besides us? So, you know, and then for the individual, it's actually getting into a, what I, I see as a coaching relationship to help mm. me process what I'm hearing. Yeah. Because a lot of times people don't process what they're hearing. They hear one thing. It doesn't mean everything they think it says, but they jump to conclusions. Well, if it's mm. this, then that means bang. So I'm, I'm doing that. no. Leadership development is two things, processing and response. So as God's shaping us as disciples, it's two things. It's looking at the big picture, time analysis, but then in particular, it's two things. Having a place to truly process and then working on how you want to respond from the things that you've processed. Mm -hmm. And in transitions, that's what they're all about. Remember, transitions has four points. Healing. God's deepening your values, God's shifting your paradigms, and God's forecasting where we're going. Those are the four mm. things he does in a transition. Mm. Mm. We, uh, I guess, have this, this opportunity now as, you know, people, I guess, are hearing this to see themselves. There's a What you've done, I feel like you've done is, when we first spoke, you it helped raise the idea that people <laughs> are entering a transition. I feel like you're also providing a larger map that there's different yeah. phases of mm. a transition. And, yeah. you know, it was like we were jumping in the pool last time. Yep. <laughs> Everyone was jumping in at once. Yeah. We all knew we were going in. But now people might be in different phases of the pool. Some are coming out of the pool or some are at deep end, shallow end. Yeah. Um, how do people, um, I guess, discern where they are in that process? Um, so people hearing this resonating, but yeah. how do I know? This has been going for 18 months. How do I know where I am in this? Yes. Yeah. Well, I, again, I think you process it together, but just to remind people, four basic phases, you've got entry, evaluation, you've got alignment, which really is surrender. And then from nine to 12 o'clock, you've got direction. Yeah. So, and, and we were, uh, we referred to this earlier on, but what happens in the culture, what happens in, in a, in places where people work and everything often throws people into a transition. 
the reason this has been so traumatic is it's not just individual transition. The whole thing was in a transition. And now that the whole culture's in a transition, it's throwing more people individually into a transition. Yeah. That's why it's been so traumatic. It's like the whole thing that's happening to us together is is actually happening also to me individually. Which mm. in reality, that's the pandemic, you know, right? Everybody, and then yet I've got to deal with it kind of deal. So that's the trauma that's happened. The, the one thing that you can do though, is to first know there is a pathway through this thing. Mm. And, and you can actually say, what have I been observing? Go back and look, journal the last six months. What have I been hearing? What has God been doing? How have I been responding to him? There's the processing responding. Mm-hmm. But also know that it actually does move to direction. It'll probably end. The beginning of the end will be something far different than we all think, just up front. And it's not, not you don't go from nine o'clock to 1159. You don't skip. There's mm-hmm. a journey in direction that moves us toward a key moment. So typically, I would say if people are drawing where they are on this kind of little map that we've created, the bottom line is they're probably still in that evaluation and alignment. But I would put us almost all of us pretty close to the direction line. Mm. I'm not Mm. trying to build false hope. I'm just saying we're, we're getting fairly close, I think, to start moving into fourth quarter or the fourth part of the transition and that's direction Mm. here's Mm. the danger once we hit direction people hit the eject button and they're out Mm. and god wants to actually start connecting the dots and showing us why he took us through this and then he wants to actually take us a little farther down the path and show us exactly what he wants to do as a result of that If we don't hang in there, we're going to miss, in some sense, the actual whole reason we got into it in the first place. Mm. Hang in there. And then the great thought that people will really love is that the end of a transition is a faith challenge. The only thing worse Mm. than not knowing what God wants you to do is knowing. Because it's, (laughs) it's going to push you and you're going to have to step out in it. And see, here's the deal. If you eject too quick, all of a sudden you'll you'll get to that point and not know for sure if you should step out. If you hang mm. in there, you'll step out. Why? Not because you have great faith, but because you're convinced God has now authored the answer. Mm. Yeah. And when he authors the answer, I can trust him to supply the strength and the power to live it out. So I think we're kind of in the third, just in a generic way, ready to head into that fourth. I can't tell you where it's going to end. When I coach people, uh, they'll say, I want it to end. I know. Do I want it to be over? Yeah. Mm. Would I vote for it? I vote it's over. I don't make it over. (laughs) But in that, it's not really over. It's now we're moving toward really moving ourselves in direction with what God's at work doing. I'm utterly convinced God is at work taking the church and his people to a new place. Mm. 
and I'm utterly convinced that people will jump ship and end up not going there. And that's the scary thing. Mm. We got to go together. We got to hear his voice together. We got to hang in there together. And we got to believe that the remnant is growing and we want to be a part of it. Come shepherd and take the sheep to a new place. Before when I talked to you, we were at the beginning. We're not there anymore. Now we're starting to position, to be positioned for what the ending could look like.